Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That Milan Podcast, episode four or five, I believe. Martino Puccio, Matt Santangelo alongside me. Episode released a little bit later than we would have liked, but Matt, how are you before we begin? Disappointed. Um, the two Champions League results, but obviously that's why we're here to talk, right? Um, so, yeah. That's- yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, go, we'll get into that for a second. We just always like to plug the stuff at the start of the video so we mm-hmm. don't forget. Um, again, like, subscribe, comment uh, on the video. Um, obviously, subscribe to the channel. Follow us or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We have the links below in the description. Uh, so we greatly appreciate all the support. We keep growing on Spotify. I haven't checked in on the Apple numbers just yet, mm-hmm. but we greatly appreciate everybody that listens on there as well. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Dortmund, Milan, 0-0, another goalless draw in the Champions League, the first two matches. Milan are one of two teams in the Champions League to have yet concede a goal, the other being Barcelona. Um, Really something that I think I was discussing yesterday, I even tweeted it out, um, and I'm sure you agree with this as well, is that the result on its own, if you talk to Milanisti prior to the match, you would probably say, would you take a draw in Dortmund? You probably say, yeah, given the circumstances. But the way mm-hmm. the match played out and how that result against Newcastle went down, a lot of people were really off on what the result was. And then again, seeing Newcastle Newcastle throttle PSG mm-hmm. at home. Um, Milan played well in terms of creativity. The starting 11 selection, it, you understood where Pioli was going in this in this game, but it turns out to be a mistake because a couple of the players that he decided to start that other people would have been probably disagreeing with and Pobega and Giroud uh, ended up being real negatives in this one. So your thoughts on the, how the match and the result went down and then those two players? Yeah, like I said, it's it was disappointing. Um, you know, I I feel like we needed to win this one specifically, given the fact that we we left three points on the field or two additional points on the field at San Siro versus Newcastle. So I feel like we needed to come kind of come out with a gritty result here, um, take something away, go into that PSG game, not necessarily needing a victory. Something like a draw would have been, I think, fine in that PSG game. But now I feel like that's it's it feels like it's a must win. You can't not win one of the three games in my eyes. I know the group is pretty wide open. Yeah. Um, but I think you're you're you want to get those points now because we all know as the season progresses, you have more games on the calendar. There is the potential that we do pick up more injuries and for those other games we don't have you know our full full roster, right? So I think that was kind of a really big focus for me in this one. And I know it's a difficult environment to play in. We we discussed it. You know we we respect uh, Borussia Dortmund and the atmosphere they have at Signal Aduna Park, but they had moments, Milan, in this match to to get goals. It, maybe not three, four goals like what Newcastle did to PSG um, at home, but there there was opportunity here to at least get a goal, get a get a result. And I didn't see much of anything really for Borussia Dortmund that was like real threatening. There were a couple instances where Mike yeah. Magnon was called into action, but more or less this was kind of like the similar feeling um of the newcastle game milan had the better chances they had more chances than the opposition and they just couldn't finish them so um that's that part um as far as the selection is concerned i think the, obviously the big talking point has been davide calabria pobega 
and um, Olivier Drew, and we, we we discussed the type of lineup we wanted to see in this match. And I yeah. think we kind of both agreed that it should have been Okafor, although we kind of knew that it was going to be Giroud because, you know, he's... Well, yeah, there's the, there's the difference yeah. there that people always conflate for what... It, that's just yeah. Twitter, I guess, for you. But yeah. Yeah. it's, yeah, like you were saying, it's not like it's somebody that we wanted to start. I Because it, it was the same thing with the Cagliari match as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, that actually probably would have been a good match for him to start in, as opposed to the Lazio one. Um, you could tell, though, the opportunities that Milan had, counterattack breaks... Shuru can't keep up running wise. No. So it's like, if you know, that's the type of match that's going to be played. And especially with the midfield that did not have the majority of the no. possession, which mm -hmm. also prevented even more opportunities for Milan. We see it the second, the substitutes were made that how much better in the fluidity of it, not so much. So with Chukweze and Pulisic, because I think the entire change of the second half was mm -hmm. our guy. You seen Adley getting subbed on because he really was someone that now, and I was mentioning this on the live stream yesterday. I don't know if you agree with this. When you get the trust of Stefano Pioli, he's like a golden retriever. He will defend you and use you until your days are done. And right now, I think what Yassine Adley has done over his past three appearances, including the Dortmund one, he's earned full trust to be that full-time starter um, until maybe even Benacer or Krunic himself comes back. But man, I mean, it was... It was kind of evident that even Reinders out of position as well. Mm -hmm. That hurt him. Um, should Pioli have taken that risk of starting Adley? And we kind of knew he wouldn't because of the Champions League. Mm -hmm. Looking back on it now in hindsight, it's always 2020. Was that the biggest mistake out of the bunch? Probably. And I think he was, again, he was in a little bit of a difficult situation. And we mentioned this, right? I mean, you're, you're basically without three starting or slash like caliber midfielders yeah mid, like like no benacer no krunich who regardless of where we put them put yeah. him in the pecking order he's a starter for milan like he started every game that he's played since he gets since his in or before his injury yeah. and ruben Mathashik, same thing so you're essentially missing you're probably your three starting midfielders you know yeah. assuming things are, are are where they should be um but we never really felt that he was going to go with adley you know adley was still yeah. playing 50 to 60 minutes in the, in the, in the, in the matches he has not really shown that he could probably play a 70 to 80. Um, and again, the, there's a different level. There's different intensity. It's more high octane in the champions league. The games feel a little more tense. So you kind of exert and give more, um, which obviously is something that, you know, we have to kind of monitor with a lot of our players with a more packed schedule. Right. So, you know, this was something that we, kind of discussed before the season even started. How is Pioli going to juggle all these different new players, how he was going to manage workload. Um, and so far, I think in the Champions League, um, the two matches have been disappointing. And now you see, obviously, the projected lineup that we're, could be fielding versus Genoa. And yeah. it's basically the lineup that I think most Milan fans were hoping that would be at the Bruce Dortmund match, right? If we can just kind of quickly talk about that. You have Florenzi versus Calabria. People are going to say yes. Right. Then you look at the midfield. You have Musa. You have Adley, not Pobega. Then you have Reinders, and then up top you have Chukweze, Okafor, not Giroud, and Rafael Leao. You can say Chukweze. You can say Pulisic. But the point being is, this is pretty much the lineup that you probably would have wanted, in my eyes. Um, yeah. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Just to mention that, but 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 yeah, the just lineup to... you'd want to see against you know a Borussia Dortmund, um, and we didn't get that, and we we didn't get the result that we needed. So now it's really going to that PSG game and hoping that 
PSG don't feel some type of way after the bludgeoning they took from Newcastle and they put three past us. It's, it's possible. Like, I think the game yesterday for them was a bit of a one-off. They have the star power. There's, there's a real possibility that we can lose the next game. And all of a sudden we're two points in and we're really having to chase to get out of the group. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm not too nervous about these games. I understand the angle of, of people coming in and saying, Hey, well, you know, at the same time, Milan, like are probably going to get a fierce PSG. Everybody thought they were going to be fierce heading into St. James's park. I mean, at this point with PSG and I had, I was a person who said that I think they would win the group. They are just this team that you cannot trust in this competition. Straight up. You yeah. just can't because of performances like this. Donnarumma made him an- another mistake. We've seen how he plays with Italy and how shaky he is. This is the first time he's facing Milan. I think there's a difference there with that. Yeah. I would say, though, the entire caveat that would make this very difficult for Milan. We know Genoa's ahead to the weekend. Then it's international break. We do know what the schedule lies ahead. It's like. And it is uh, Juve, PSG, Napoli, PSG. That's really difficult. Um, In terms of Loftus-Cheek coming back and Rade Krunic coming back, I think those are the big question marks, as you mentioned, because of the rotation. If we Mm -hmm. have to keep on sticking with the four midfielders we have, then that's just going to be some issues. Uh, For me, it's not over yet. We're still just one point behind PSG. Uh, I think we should have been top of the group already. That's obviously the most frustrating part. But to me, it's sort of like if you can't, you know, get a victory in Dortmund, but you also don't concede. And again, people forget they haven't lost a home game there since August of 2022. So it's not like it's the most easiest of places to go and play. And so to get a result over there, I thought was impressive. Um, But again, I think it's more about that schedule with those four matches intertwined with the UCL Mm. that would make it very difficult for Milan because you're looking at two top four competitors, even possibly Scudetto contenders and then PSG. So Mm. I'm a little worried about that. We'll see how that goes. Um, Again, any final thoughts on this match? Did you have a man in the match for this one? Did you think it was uh, Leal because he got it from UEFA personally speaking. I thought Fikayo Tomori deserved it. Um, everybody in the chat yesterday on the lives. Okay. So Tomori for you. Yeah. Um, and just real quick to kind of shed some light on him, right? I think he had a lot of critics for some of the performances he had towards the tail end of last season. Um, and obviously to start the season, you know, you know, and especially the the game against, um, against, uh, was it Inter or he, or, or no, he was suspended for that game, right? Against Inter. Tomori, because he got the double yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was the, my memory is escaping me here. Um, but he's had some really strong performances of late. Um, yeah. Again, people are going to consider the opponent, and that's fine. But I think it's important that you know we we get back to being a team that maybe isn't you know a very very stout defensive team. That that's kind of what our de- identity is. But we're a team that can win with you know defensive solidity in matches where we don't have it going forward. And I think if we're going to maybe take a silver lining from these two matches um, in the Champions League that we didn't win is we kept two clean sheets, right? Like for our defense to play the way they've played in the first two Champions League games, not concede a goal um, and really not put Mike Magnon in many tough positions, yeah. um, I think is is a pretty solid thing to take away. Now, obviously, you're going to go to the PSG game. You'll have to wait and see how we contain some of their players. But um, 
I, I would give my man in the match to Fikayo Tomori. And I just wanted to give a quick little like shout out to the way we've been defending lately because I think it has improved from some of the, the bumps and bruises of the first couple matches of the season. Uh, yeah, one goal conceded for Milan uh, since the derby. Uh, really, really strong stuff. Yeah. It was that silly Cagliari goal um, that was a laser right in front of net. Um, yeah. And then on top of it beforehand, they were scored on shorthanded against Roma. And then uh, I believe it was uh, one goal against Torino. They yeah. conceded. Yeah. Uh, they didn't concede against Bologna, so they've been very stout regarding that. Shout out to Malik Chow. Return to Germany, first start um, mm -hmm. in the Champions League against the German side, so good for him. Only issue, just before we move on to the Genoa preview, Milan have not scored in the Champions League since that match against Napoli in the quarterfinals in the Diego Maradona Stadium. So it's been quite a while since we've seen the Champions League goal. Hopefully they turn the corner with that. Um, looking ahead to Genoa before the break, uh, we are pressed for time today, so that's why we are moving uh, much faster than usual. Um, yeah, I know you guys are used to both of us kind of, you know, going into all the nuances of the games and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But um, here we are for Genoa. We saw the predicted 11. Fantastic. Love it. Exact approach that you would have needed for Dortmund. It's okay. They got the draw. But ahead to Genoa again, Matt. We talk about that difficulty of schedule within the first 10 games. We also see it again with, with Napoli and Juve coming up. Must win for Milan here in this situation. Genoa looked good this season. I've watched uh, almost all of their games. Rategi is fantastic. I think they play a lot more fluid football than we've seen yeah. from the Genoas of, of recent years where we couldn't wait till they got relegated. Um, Rategi is obviously a threat. Slightly worried about overworking our midfielders like Reinders and Musa. But at the end of the day, they have some rest. Chukweze finally getting his first start in Serie A. The only start that he had was against Newcastle, where I thought he looked good. I think people have been very harsh on him, and I think mm -hmm. it's pretty silly. I think he's put in really good shifts when he's called upon, um, creating, dribbling. I thought he was good against Cagliari. I thought he was good against Newcastle as well. I don't know what some people are expecting. I think it's just he's kind of getting the CDK treatment at this point mm -hmm. in terms of like what his appearances are like and what people are expecting in terms of output. I think it's silly. Uh, I feel good heading into this. I think Noel Okafor well-deserved. He is such a threat, man. I, I thought he's looked so good in almost every single appearance he's made. Um, your thoughts kind of on the 11 to expand it a little bit more than earlier. Um, you think this is the right move, right? Slotting back Adley in, Reinders out wide, Moose out wide, Florenzi starting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we want to see what Chukwesa can do over a full 90 from the start. Um, mm -hmm. We've been talking about that, right? I think, you know, um, there have been moments of like shakiness, I mean, not shakiness, but like erratic play from Chukwese. Like he's coming on and he's playing 25 he's possessed seven times yesterday. He's trying to, he maybe he's trying to do too much and he's trying to like, like maybe I saw uh, Adley posted like a kind of more like a consoling post for Chukwese saying like your time's going to come, like meaning like you're going to get your goal. So um, I think maybe that's something that's weighing on Chukwese. I don't, I'm not too sure. I'm not in his head. So um, with all that being said, I think if we, you know, if he's getting a full 90 to start here against a Genoa team that to yeah. your point, yes, they look much improved, um, but they're a team, let's be honest, do we really expect them to be this defensive juggernaut and keep Milan held in check? It's possible, but I think Milan have some really good opportunities here to score some goals. And if we can create a bunch with the guys that we have, 
you know, to get two plays in maybe a goal before the international break, get off the schneid, um, get a get a nice comfy result, hopefully no injuries going into the international break. Um, and we keep it what seven from eight to start the season, which would be very, very good. Um, so I like the eleven. I like the approach from Pioli here. You know, go, go let's get a win. Let's let's get a win. Let's go into international break. We'll have some time to recuperate. Um, you know, get get everyone back in track. And you know, we'll hopefully be in a position in the league table where um, we're, we're maybe a couple points behind Inter, assuming they keep keep pace. But if not, we're right there. We're keeping that momentum going. And if where we're falling short in the Champions League is still there. At least we know that domestically we're doing the job we need to. So um, I like this lineup, and and I'm and I'm hoping that we can get a nice again comfy comfy victory here. Yeah, I mean there aren't too many other sides playing this weekend that have difficult matchups. It's the Torino Derby, but it's probably one of the weaker derbies in terms of who wins more or not, uh, rivalry wise. Mm-hmm. Interplay against Bologna. I mean that's that is what it is at that point. Let me try and pull up the other fixtures. Monza Salernitana, Lazio Atalanta, Napoli Fiorentina. Those are some of the tougher matchups for these top yeah. four competitors that we would that we would be looking towards towards the end of the season. Lazio obviously have struggled. Genoa again, just to go back to them, conceding eleven goals. So it's not like you mentioned. Um, probably their marquee victory of the season, not probably their marquee victory of the season, is throttling Roma four to one. Um, I um, just and they, got, I, and they got and they almost had the just they almost had the win against Napoli. They they bottled that one. Number yeah, two zero. I mean, yeah. Uh, yes, they were up to two nil and then Napoli came back. I think it was Politano and someone else. That was a yeah. Rudy Garcia masterpiece of just subbing off the wrong yeah. players, not putting on Simeone. But even just then, a, a home draw to Napoli, you'll take that, right? Like you're taking out the contest. Exactly. Of course, of course, yeah. of course. Result, result wise. Yeah. Um, to, to me, it's just like you said, just one of those things, get the three points, get to the break, recuperate. Because you have to. It's all about kind of checkpoints, especially well, especially for this part of the season too, right? You mentioned exactly. that stretch. Like, yeah. we're not going to have a more difficult stretch in those four games than we are, right? Like at any other point in the season. Like, you're gonna I would agree with that. Yeah, unless, unless unless they make it to the knockout stages. Well, know, yeah, but never I mean, exactly those four games right there in one clutter is is going to be a challenge for us. So, um, yeah. victory, come away from this game unscathed. International break. Hopefully we don't get, you know, uh, a, a nightmare injury crisis in the international break, which always seems to hurt us. But knock on wood, knocking on the wood and there. We go into that um, next wave of games after the break, and you know. Well, speaking of, there has been some good news already. Well, we knew Loftus Cheek was kind of supposed to be checked after the two matches. We'll see how he does. Doesn't really feature for England, so we don't have to worry about that. Krunic is expected to be back for Bosnia, according mm-hmm. to certain reports. Uh, We'll see whether that's true or not. But before we head on out here, we have a couple minutes left. Um, if they get him in, that would be a huge boost because at least they could still rotate with some of the other players at the yeah. Regista six spot if Krunich were to come back. Because now that new level of trust with Yassine Adley makes things a lot easier. Okay, Krunich doesn't have to give you 90 minutes every single mm-hmm. game. Um, but before that... We have to do our usual predictions. So if we go with this 11 that is expected for this weekend against Genoa, um, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about it? Is it this like a 3-1 to one win, a 3-0 win, a 2-0 win? Like, what are you feeling? I'm going to go 3. I'm going to go 3-1. Okay. okay. Um, I think Rotegi's probably going to get a goal, maybe like a penalty or something. Um, okay. okay. I, I do like our chances of getting three goals. I think it would be nice for us to have, a again, a comfy victory. Um, I'll take a victory regardless, but – if course, we can have yeah. one of those matches where we can put like three, four up there, 
I think that would be pretty awesome. So I'm going to be a little bit greedy and say 3-1. Yeah, I think it'll be somewhere around there. I think I'll probably go 2-0. My question for you is this, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different one because now I'm having these thoughts. No Okafor scores again in this one. Serious discussions have to be made about who the starter is. Personally, I think at this point, I love Giroud. I love everything that he's done for the club. I mention this all the time. Awesome player and goal scorer and leader. No Okafor should be the starter of this team. I think I've seen enough at this point. And and this isn't anything against Giroud. um, But when we're talking about what Milan needs in terms of a dynamic attack and what they need over a full 90 minutes, Okafor Mm. offers plenty more at this stage in Giroud's career than Olivier himself. I like Giroud as a player that, you know, again, like the hold-up ability. I think in matches late, I think that could become a crucial element. Um, Something that, you know, again, he's a different player to Okafor. Um, But the days of us, you know, trotting out Giroud, like for 80 to 90, like two to three days, two, three times a week is just, I think it's irresponsible to be pretty pretty honest with uh, with everyone. Um, And one player that we haven't mentioned much is Jovic, right? Like, so Jovic is still getting, kind of getting his... His, his fitness ready. We know we mentioned that in the uh, his introductory press presser a couple weeks ago. So hopefully we get a big boost, right? If we can get into a position where Okafor further settles and, and is really shown that he could start games and consistently produce, um, which he's already shown showing that in the past couple games, two goals, um, and then you get Jovic as an option, it it makes it a little bit easier on where you use Giroud. Like you can choose Giroud in a match where it's like, hey, we got Napoli away. Exactly. And we got exactly. like Juventus away. Like, okay, let's let's put Giroud out there. Like, we know he's got that savvy experience. He's a veteran presence. We could put him into the game, and then bam, you could hit them with uh, Okafor and change the complete dynamic of how we're going at them. So, um, that's kind of something I want to see in the next coming coming weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't even be so surprised. We saw Jovic get minutes earlier. Been a lot more training for him. Personalized training. Mm-hmm. Didn't even go to the to the match against Lazio. Obviously, didn't feature in that one. Maybe get some minutes after Okafor puts in a long shift. Preserve Giroud. Giroud did get called up yet again to the French national team. So so hopefully, knock on wood again, everybody is okay. That goes to the national team there. Again, Sant'Angelo was dropping everything at the bottom. Just plug before we head on out here. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. Anything I'm working on for Football Italia. I should have something soon. Um, it just depends on uh, work schedule and all that stuff. But Football Italia... Um, yep. The occasional article for Milan Reports, um, our former former employer, if you will, where we used to do a lot of these recordings. Um, and um, some Serie A fantasy content as well. Again, timing, you know, to be determined on that. But those mm-hmm. are the, the the sites I'm writing for and anything I'm working on can be found on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. Yep. Again, just a reminder on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that Milan podcast. Obviously, you can listen to every single episode here on YouTube. And if you do, like, subscribe, comment your thoughts, give us your predictions for the Genoa match, give us your goal scores as well. And don't be scared to talk about Dortmund and that match and what you guys think will go down and where Milan eventually end up. But again, still positive results. Only one defeat on the season for Milan after all these matches. There's some positives to take away, people. So mm-hmm. try and do that as best you can. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Martino Puccio. Probably got to put out more TikToks, but at the same time, we appreciate your support all uh, so much. I mean, it's just been incredible the amount of views that we awesome. get on these videos for how quickly we started this. Um, so again, that Milan podcast, Martino Puccio, Matt Santangelo. Take care, guys.